0: I have somebody with me today who wears so many hats, you know, let's talk about federal agent, author, podcaster, um, and also the co-founder of an organization called Badge of Honor. This is a one woman who's even busier than me. Sam Horowitz, welcome <laughs> to the show.
1: Well, thank you so much, Betsy. It's such a pleasure to be with you and, and appreciate your time and what you do.
0: Let's start with being a Secret Service agent. What, uh, what led you to that?
1: Well, you know, I, I went into law school intending on following in my father's footsteps, and he was a lawyer for the government in, in policy uh, for the Department of Energy. And uh, after your first year of law school, you kind of make a decision on what you want your track to be, uh, criminalistics, criminology being where I really felt the most comfortable. But I got the chance to do an internship. And I met a bunch of different federal agents who were working. I was helping to handle evidence uh, on a certain case. And I said, hey, maybe I'll dip my hat into this federal agent thing. Uh, Looked at the FBI and super happy that I ended up with the United States Secret Service. A lot of people don't know we wear dual hats. So we, we do investigations as well as protection. So I was assigned... Um, outside of DC, in the New York field office, and uh, assigned to a to an investigative squad uh, called the Electronic Crimes Task Force. So, think of any crime you could commit with uh, using a computer or any kind of electronic device. Um, that's what we did. But with the UN being in New York City, we found most of our time doing protective uh, work, and that's what I fell in love with. And um, it just was a, it it would kind of threw people for a loop in, in law school when I said, nope, I'm I'm going to the federal agent side. And I, I like to say, I use my powers for good.
0: <laughs> now, because of uh, where you were based and you were a federal agent, you're an, a 911 responder, correct?
1: Yes, I was front and center in the midst of all the action in Tower One when American Airlines Flight 11 struck it.
0: Right, and now, you know, 20 years later, Um, you know, what, talk about that, about, you know, looking back 20 years, um, you know, what do you think about?
1: Well, I mean, it, it it certainly was a journey. It changed uh, my life, many of the lives of, of the men and women that, that I worked with our field office, which was in world trade seven was the last building to come down that day. And uh, it, it, those kinds of uh, incidents, tragedies, call it what, however you wanna label it, um, it definitely changes the trajectory of your life. It helps you put into perspective uh, the important things. You know, We, we often, when we graduate college or, or finish our degree, we're like, yeah, it's all about me moving up, right? So the, the me factor is taken out and you get this worldview of, wow, how, how do I wanna operate in, in the world now? And uh, it, it led me down a path I never thought uh, I would experience, um, you know, the, the evening of 9-11, I started experiencing uh, what I came to find out is symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Uh, we weren't educated on it, you know. In, in law enforcement these days, I think they do a little bit uh, of a better job. Um, but we formed a badge of honor to fill in a, a lot of the gaps, and we can we can talk about that. Um, but. I came to a point where my world was completely turned upside down. We're talking nightmares, we're talking anxiety attacks, stuff that I had never experienced before in my life. And nobody could help me navigate through it because nobody wanted to talk about the 15 ton elephant in the room. We were suffering together in silence. Here's the second largest field office in secret service, gone were spread out all throughout the city. We had the anthrax attacks at the post office uh, soon after. So uh, we were a mess to be frank. And um, uh, I was sitting at my desk um, reading the same paragraph of a report that I had to hand in. And it was as if my brain just was not comprehending anything I was reading and writing reports and doing paperwork, it was second nature for me because I mean, that's what you do in law school. So this was stuff that would come real easy to me and it just wasn't clicking. And I thought that I was going crazy, uh, literally losing my mind. And I I did ask for help. And and again, nobody could really explain it. Uh, I made the very difficult decision to resign. Uh, my position as an agent, something I worked really, really hard for, and thought it was going to be my entire career. Uh, and so I left the agency in May of 02. And um, I like to say I got my head screwed back on straight, but that wasn't in, until after post traumatic stress took me down a very, very dark, lonely path where I found myself sitting in my basement, uh, you know, getting ready to pull the trigger on on my gun and call it the big man upstairs. Whatever you know, whatever your belief system is. Uh, but at my suicide attempts, I tried twice, got interrupted both times. Uh, the second time by my dog, um, who, who jumped in my lap, and you know that that really kind of snaps you too. And um i don't know if you're like me but dogs are super incredible beings they communicate silently through their eyes and that's exactly what my dog was doing with me and uh, i swear he was saying you know i need you don't go and um that started a path to heal um to finally reach out for help and through that uh, you know, that is a learning process when you're diagnosed, which was a relief for me. Um, most people would be like, How the heck is post traumatic stress? a die, uh, you know, that diagnosis is a relief for you because I, I knew what was happening, I could put a name to it, I could understand symptomology. And then I could understand how to get better from it, how to grow from what was happening to me. I had a skilled therapist who took me through EMDR, uh, which is highly effective for a law enforcement, treating law enforcement traumas. And now I find myself running an organization uh, with my co founder, who is a retired NYPD detective, and he has his own post traumatic stress. Journey, and uh, we're all about build helping first responders build their resiliency toolbox because we don't learn the way that general public learn. We need quick, fast, easy a tactic, a tool, a resource that we can employ when the stress comes up. Whatever the stress is from, boom, head it off. Go on to the next call. That's how our lives operate.
0: Well, so here's the thing. first of all, I have to tell you I believe god I believe that dogs are an extension of god um, yep. and uh, your dog proved it that day. Um, I think a lot of people don't know you know our our citizens who support us don't know that we law enforcement die twice as often by our own hand as we do by felonious assaults. I mean suicide in our profession. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and we don't even count the attempts, you know, thank, thankfully you're here to talk about it, but um, suicide is a horrible battle in our profession, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the, our, our brain health is affected from the minute we finish with the academy, because everything that we've learned, uh, first of all, is to make sure that we go home every night to our families, Um, But secondly, we look at life, the way we interact with people in a very different way. And it's not to say we're trained to be suspicious. It's we're trained in hypervigilance. We're trained to notice things that most people just go through their day and they don't give it a second thought. And it's in that noticing. Um, that situational awareness, if you will, that's where we can help citizens, supporters, our communities, that's where we save lives. That's where we see an accident waiting to happen. That's where we see somebody getting ready to be assaulted from behind. You know, That's where we see the gun that the general public doesn't see. That's how we're trained. And I, I think over the years, There's been a kind of switch, if you will, um, that's been flipped where the light is now shining on us, shining on the first responders, like we're doing something wrong by the nature of our training. And it's the nature of our training that's exposing us to all that bad stuff, that trauma, that ongoing hypervigilance that... We can't turn that off. And part of it is our training, but part most of it is because we have a heart for service. And that heart for service, we don't care what color you are, what neighborhood you grew up in, what street you happen to be in when we stop you. We're doing our job. And for most of us in, in law enforcement, While we're doing that, the exposure to helping to save a family of seven that's just been involved in that horrific accident, and God forbid, you know, a a child dies, that's what stays with us. It doesn't go away. So compound things like that for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years. Hey, we're in Texas. We've got guys serving, and I mean ladies too, when I say guys. 40 years. So can you imagine how to compartmentalize all of what we've seen? The brain was not meant to do that. There comes a point where you've got to address all of what you have seen um, throughout your career and what we need are our citizen supporters to help us with that. We don't have an S underneath our uniforms. We really need um, to have a full understanding that you need us just as much as we need you.
0: Sam, what made you decide to publicly tell your story um, and then do what you're doing with Badge of Honor?
1: Uh, you know, that is, that's <laughs> that is a question that takes me back uh, into a place, it was uh, two years post move to Texas. I moved from, from the East Coast, I grew up uh, in Maryland. And uh, I will never forget, um, I was in I invited to a church service um, at, to listen to Dave Reeder. He's a, a published and he's done a lot of podcasts. He's talked about his story uh, in Vietnam and where he went to throw a grenade and it was a phosphorus grenade and it exploded in his hands so he was literally on fire and uh, if you know anything about a phosphorus grenade you can't throw yourself into water it doesn't go out Um, and so the body continues to to reignite and so he was burned of 90 95 of his body not expected to survive but he did and as he's telling his story, and there's a lot of veterans and other first responders and family members in the, in the audience, um, you know, he 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 made the statement, you know, God gave me these scars so I can bear witness and give hope to others, mm-hmm. and it was as if a lightning bolt hit me right there uh, in that audience, and it's like, okay. People can't see my scars. My scars are up here. But that's when we we go through significant trauma, like we've been through. That's what it's all about. I could not sit back and not tell my story because I could help somebody else. That's what Dave was doing. That's what a lot of first responders are doing. That's what a tremendous amount of veterans are doing. We're all united in this huge community first of all to say you're not alone second to say you know it's okay not to be okay and 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 with a badge of honor we're like we just don't want you to stay here and here's how you don't stay here and you've got to speak up for yourself you've got to do the most courageous thing that you will ever do in your life and it is not stepping in front of a bullet and is not running into a, a burning building it's saying I need help
0: And it's so brave of you to be able to do that. And now you're moving forward and helping others. What's Badge of Honor doing to help first responders?
1: Yeah, badge of honor. uh, We got our 501c3 status in the midst of COVID. It took a a little bit longer in that process. But my partner, uh, John Salerno, like I said, he's retired NYPD. He was also a firefighter because you can do that in New York. So uh, on the island where he's from, he served as a a firefighter. And we decided that, uh, again, we could not be silent with uh, the, our traumas with how our brain changed through our journey through dealing with post traumatic stress but again it's not about hey i got this diagnosis and this is what i did it's how do you grow out of the traumas and that's exactly what we teach at a badge of honor we provide an eight or eight hour interactive workshop The officers that come through our workshop, uh, they're in Texas, they get what's called TCO credit. So it's continuing education uh, for Texas law enforcement. And Uh, We feed you. You got to have breakfast and lunch. You know, it's all about, it's all about the food. (laughs) Kolaches
0: in Texas. You got to have kolaches with your police training.
1: Well, you know, (laughs) I I have to give a shout out to our wonderful partners at Chick-fil-A. They come through every single time, as well as Dickie's Barbecue. They are heavily involved in supporting and backing uh, our blue. So they're right there providing barbecue uh, for all the attendees. We provide all the materials. But again, it's helping First responders build that resiliency toolbox, letting them grab what they're connecting with throughout the day. That we're doing different exercises and teaching stress response tactics, and say, "Hey, you know, that resonates with me. I'm going to take that and put it in uh, in my toolbox." Because how many times have we been through conferences? you know, one, two or three days, we got this notebook and we're, we're scribbling and writing. And then when it's over, you know, we're back in our regular lives. And it's like, uh, wait, what was I supposed to do? And if you have to do that, we know because we've been there, you're not going to utilize any of those strategies and tactics. They've got to be built through muscle memory, just like we train. And that's exactly how our uh, uh, workshops operate.
0: It sounds amazing. Now, you also
1: wrote a book, right? I did. I did. It's called The Silent Fall. Uh, It is all about my 9-11 journey. It's as if I've got you by the hand and I take you from um, the minute I leave home um, that day on September 11th to getting home. What I, uh, what I discovered about post-traumatic stress, my diagnosis, again, what I did um, to combat that. And I did continue. I was able to continue my career uh, in law enforcement. Um, a, big, a big thing is you know, keeping that purpose, uh, keeping that tribe together. And so I was successfully uh, able to return to the job. Um, One of uh, our uh, partners with a badge of honor, his name is Jeff, he is a current uh, police officer and he is the face of what it's like to be a police officer serving and also having this post traumatic stress diagnosis. It's not um, the proverbial, uh, you know, death sentence for first responders as most people think. And it's an education process for the brass. Because the buy-in has to come from our chiefs all the way down uh, through our training sergeants and then all the way through our our men and women on the front line. Because if you've got a training sergeant that is all about, yes, do this training, uh, health, your wellness, your resiliency, your brain health is key uh, for longevity in this job, but then you've got a chief that's got the old uh, timer mentality, which is you know, oh, suck it up, Buttercup, uh, which still exists, unfortunately. Um, you've got you've got a recipe for uh, going nowhere, and the people that suffer is everybody in that department, and that's why we are seeing so much turnover uh, in our police departments right now. Um, besides the fact that politicians um, are running our police departments, uh, which that absolutely should not be the case. We need chiefs, just like we've got sheriffs that are standing up to say enough is enough. This is my house, I'm running my house. We need police chiefs around the country to do the same thing, to really take a very close look in the mirror. You were brought to these communities to serve and lead number one your troops and so that they can number two six, be successful out there on the street um because if you've got a successful department you've got a successful community and too many communities around the united states are, are floundering and it is mental health is being affected and that is why we are seeing Uh, folks leave in droves and I can't say that I blame them but a badge of honor is there to help bolster uh, your brain health uh, and resiliency so you can hang in there where can people find out more about badge of honor you can go to abadgeofhonor.com super simple website we've got all of our events on our events tab and if you want to register for our upcoming workshop we are uh, all over Texas we are at a local department, Garland Police Department. Um, if you got, it may sound familiar, that's the department that took out the terrorists at the Caldwell Center. Uh, so right on Garland. And um, we are there on Veterans Day, November 11th. But if you would like us to come to you, we do private workshops. And it doesn't matter where you are in the United States. Reach out to us. We'll make it happen.
0: Awesome. Sam, thanks so much for spending time with us. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Sam, put the gun
1: down! Put the gun down! Last year.